This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Bizarre Conspiracies. My name is Eric Patino, and with me today is... Conrad Toll. Today, I'm going to talk about the Hopi prophecies, the great North American Indian prophecies. Now, these were stone tablets that conveyed a tale about upcoming events and the future. Now, this is like thousands and thousands of years old, but a representative of the Hopi spoke about these stone tablets and what they actually said in a gathering rarely do different tribes come together for a meeting this grand but this was about prophecies this happened in the 1980s i believe 1986 and it was head by a man named lee brown and this is what he had to say there was the cycle of the mineral, the rock, and there was the cycle of the planet. And now we're in the cycle of the animal, coming to the end of that and the beginning of the cycle of the human being. Now, he starts from the very beginning of this prophecy. At the beginning of this cycle of time, long ago, the great spirit came down and he made an appearance and he gathered the people of Earth together, all of them. They all stayed on an island, which is now beneath the water. And he said to these human beings, I am going to send you to four different locations, and over time I am going to change you to four different colors. But I am going to give you teachings, and you will call these the original teachings. And when you come back together with each other, you will share so that you can live and have peace on Earth and a great civilization will come about. Now, he said, During the cycle of time, I'm going to give each of you two stone tablets. When I give you these stone tablets, do not cast them upon the ground. In other words, don't discard them. If any of the brothers and sisters from the four different directions and the four different colors cast their tablets on the ground, not only will human beings have a hard time, but almost the earth itself would surely die. He also gave each of them a responsibility, and they called that the guardianship. Now, to the Indian people, the red people, he gave the guardianship of the earth. They were to learn during the cycle of time the teachings of the earth, the planet that grew from the earth, the food that you can eat, and the herbs that are healing, so that when we come back together, the other brothers and sisters could share this knowledge with them. Now, to the south. He gave the yellow race of people the guardianship of the wind. 
They were to learn about the sky and breathing and how to take that within themselves for spiritual advancement. And they were to share that during this time period. Now, to the West, he gave the black race of people the guardianship of water. And they were to learn the teachings of water, which is the chief of the elements, being the most humble and the most powerful. Now, he said he went to the University of Washington and he learned that it was a black man that discovered blood plasma. And it didn't surprise him because blood is water and the elders already told him that the black people would bring the teachings of water. So, to the north, he gave the white race of people the guardianship of fire. And if you look at the center of many of the things that they do, they will find fire. And they say that the light bulb is the white man's fire. If you look at the center of a car, you will find a spark. If you look at the center of an airplane and the train, you will find the fire. The fire consumes and also moves. This is why it was the white brothers and sisters who began to move upon the face of the earth and reunite us as a human family. And so the Great Spirit gave each of the four races two stone tablets. Those were their tablets. Now he says that the Hopi, the red race of people, they have their stone tablets at the Hopi Reservation in Arizona at the Four Corners area on 3rd Mason. And he talked to the black race, and their stone tablets are at the foot of Mount Kenya, and they are kept by the Kukuyu tribe. I hope I said that right. The stone tablets of the yellow race of people are kept by the Tibetans in Tibet. Which is interesting, because we just talked about Tibet not too long ago. He says, so when we go through this cycle of time, and each of the four races went to their directions, and they learned about their teachings... All the people were supposed to live together, but instead what happened was that over time, everyone was separated. Then the earth shaking started happening, and I'll explain what earth shaking is here. So when they got to the west coast of this land, the elders that were made aware of these prophecies said they would then begin to build a black ribbon. And on this black ribbon, there would be a moving bug. And when you begin to see this bug moving on the land, that was a sign for the first shaking of the earth. Now, the first shaking of the earth would be so violent that this bug would be shaken off the earth and into the air, and it would begin to move and fly in the air. And by the end of this shaking, this bug will be in the air around the world. Now, he explains what this is. He's saying in 1908, the Model T Ford was mass-produced for the first time. The elders knew the first shaking of the earth was about to come. That was the First World War. In the First World War, the airplane came into wide use for the first time. That was the bug moving in the sky. So they knew something very important was going to happen. Now, there would be an attempt to make peace on Earth and on the west coast of this land, and so the elders began to watch for this. Well, the elders knew that peace would not come on the Earth until the cycle of humanity is complete, and all of the four colors sat in a circle and shared their teachings. Then and only then will peace come to Earth. So they knew things would happen, things would speed up a little bit. There would be a cobweb built around the earth, and people would talk across this cobweb. When this talking cobweb, the telephone, was built around the earth, a sign of life would appear in the east. It would be tilted and bring death. It would come with the sun, but the sun itself would rise one day, but not in the east, but in the west. So the elders said, 
When you come see the sun rising in the east, you see the sign of life reversed and the tilted in the east. You know that the great death is to come upon the earth. And now the great spirit will grab the earth again in his hand and shake it. This shaking will be worse than the first. So that sign of life reversed and tilted? He's saying that is the swastika. And the rising sun in the east? That is the rising sun of Japan. These two symbols are carved in stone in Arizona, where he mentioned earlier. When the elders saw these two flags, these were the signs that Earth was about to be shaken again. And then they began to tell us about these gatherings. They said, in your lifetime, you're going to see things happen. It was strange when they said it in 1950s and 1960s, but now it seems more clear, but still quite unusual. They said, you're going to see a time in your life when men are going to become women. The great spirit is going to make a man on the earth. He made him a man, but this man is going to say, I know more than the great spirit. I'm going to change myself to be a woman. The great spirit is going to make the woman on the earth. And she's going to say, I know more than the great spirit. I want to be a man. So she will physically become a man. Now he said that to the elders at the time, this sounded so strange. But in the 1980s, it began to be a little more clearer. Now they said, you're going to see a time in your life when the human beings are going to find the blueprint that makes us. Well, we know what that is now. That's DNA. Then they said, they're going to cut this blueprint. Well, we do have genetics splicing now, they said. And they're going to make new animals upon the earth. And they're going to think these are going to help us, but they're not. And then he says, we're between the first light of a new day and the sunrise. So we're in between two different worlds. Now the sunrise is about to come, and when it comes, everyone is going to see it. The elders advised us that things speeding up, so you yourself should slow down. The faster things go, the slower you go. Because there's going to come a time when the earth is going to be shaken a third time. The Great Spirit has been shaking the Earth for two times now. The First and the Second World War to remind us that we are a human family. To remind us that we should have greeted each other as brothers and sisters, not fight wars against each other. We had a chance after each shaking to come together in a circle that would have brought peace on Earth, but we didn't. We missed it. The sign for the third shaking of the Earth is coming soon. It's not going to be a good thing to see, but we will survive it. And when we survive it, then there's going to be another attempt to make a circle of human beings on the Earth. They, scientists, they carbon dated the stone tablets and they found that these tablets are at least 10,000 years old, maybe even 50,000. So when I say, or when he says, a thousand years ago, there were native people that spoke of these exact things I'm telling you now. And they told their children thousands of years ago. Their children grew up and told their children, and so on and so forth. And they spoke about the people that will live in this time. That time is us. That time is now. That they spoke about so long ago. They say to be alive, to come into creation and to live upon the earth at this time is a great honor in the circle of time. From the beginning to the end, this time we are now will change the purification of all things. They say this is the hardest time to live, but it is also the greatest honor to be alive and to see 
all of this unfold. There was so much more that he said, but I had to condense it down because it was literally like an hour long, kind of like a seminar that happened. There's an audio recording of this. And since I've been doing so good of leaving links in our description, I'm going to leave the link to this audio from YouTube down in the description below so you can hear it directly from him and you can hear the in- the entire speech and it is a really good listen highly recommend it if you want to hear more but man everything they talked about in those stone tablets i would say that it's pretty damn accurate so i have a question i believe you mentioned that the, uh, the tablet from the east the tablets from the west the tablets from the south but i don't think you mentioned where you could find the tablets from the north it doesn't say so those are lost tablets he did and this is why i'm gonna link the youtube video down below he theorizes it may be in washington dc But he doesn't know for sure because the Hopi representation hasn't been invited officially to go view these these tablets wherever they are. So they they were never invited. So they have no idea where they're being kept. I originally thought that he was going to be talking about like the Ten Commandments. It kind of sounded like that from the beginning. Two tablets that shall not be thrown on the ground. Prophecies. Because in the the, uh, Bible, the tablets... Uh, Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments were thrown at the golden calf. I don't remember the golden calf. So the story goes that Moses goes up on the mountains to get the tablets, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so he comes down with the first set of tablets. And while he's been on the top of the mountain, the Israelites down in the camp get tired of waiting for him. So they make themselves a god of gold and they shape it in the form of a cow Mm. or a calf. And then Moses comes down off the mountain and he finds that they're worshiping this calf that made of gold. So he throws the tablets at him and he shatters them. And then he has Hmm. to go up the mountain and get new tablets after he straightens out all their problems down there. (laughs) I see. So I was like, tablets that shall not be thrown on the ground or something like that. That's what it made me think of. There's a lot of similarities to these the ancient stone of the people, the Tower of Babel. Yeah, the Tower of Babel and the scattering of people and the changing of languages. The tablets, there's similarities, sure, to that, to the Ten Commandments. And so, yeah, I mean, we could be talking about the very same thing, just perceived it differently in different cultures. So the um, tablets, from what I remember in the Bible, were put inside the Ark of the Covenant. Mm. And then that box got captured by the persians and i think that's the last that it's mentioned i don't know it has been a lot of speculation that the uh, the ark of the covenant is also in kenya oh believe it or not that, the last thing that i heard was that um but that was well over 10 years ago so i don't know anyways moving right along here we come to the alien encounters alien beings are a topic that has been discussed throughout the course of history There are many theories and speculations about these beings, but the truth is, they are still widely unknown. For some, it is proof enough that there is life on other planets, while others believe they just simply want to conquer us. What's more, there are also those who think aliens have visited Earth and have healed people of cancer. UFOs were first seen by humans in 1947. At times, these UFOs are seen as an alien. 
The memories of UFO sightings tend to be fuzzier and less clear than memories from other experiences. Then writing about these topics, it is best to begin with why people want to believe in aliens or ETs. As adults, it is natural for us to want some sort of hope for a better future on Earth, or being saved from our own problems despite being adults and having a sense of responsibility for our lives. But as children, it is very much curiosity and playfulness. Naturally, we have to ask ourselves, do extraterrestrials possess a cure for cancer? Preston Dennett believes yes. He asserts that he has roughly 30 cases of UFO and alien encounters who have been healed from cancer. He also thinks that aliens do have a purpose, and that primary objective is to heal mankind. But ponder this for a minute. Why? Why are just some humans chosen? And why do ETs even care about those certain humans? He claims that in some cases, the ETs appear in pairs, and can be treated with a single touch to the forehead. But this isn't every case. He also claims that the majority of these success stories happen in hospitals. Very, very interesting. So, this brings me to the story I just read on phantomsandmonsters.com. A young mother alone with her two small children experiences a frightening encounter with a gray alien while in her bedroom one early morning. Now, she fears it will happen again. This lady starts her story in the summer of 1994. Her and her husband had just bought a brand new home in California. They have a four-year-old son and a newborn baby girl. Her husband couldn't find a job in the location they moved to, so he stayed with his mom so he could still work at his current job. But he would drive back and forth to check on them on the weekends. Now, they only had one car, so she was stuck at home while he was gone. On Monday, early in the morning, she started to feel uneasy. She didn't know why. She went to go lay down and then actually ended up falling asleep. Then she experienced the worst nightmare a mother can have. She dreamt that her son was missing. She was frantically running around trying to find him. When she finally woke up from this nightmare, she found that her son was sleeping next to her, and her newborn was still in the crib, but noticed a bright light coming in between the window blinds. Now, she was following the light to see where it was coming from, and to her surprise, just above the crib was an alien gray's head. Just the head. No body, no arms, just a head floating. She said, The head was dark in color, very round, ending in a pointed chin, and there was a small slit for a mouth. She noticed that the alien was looking down right at her daughter, but she couldn't utter a word. She was frozen. Her heart was pounding, and she started shaking uncontrollably. The alien then turned its attention to her and floated towards her, right up to her face. She said she heard a voice in her head saying it was for her own good. Now, this is the part where I thought, okay, this is probably what Preston Dennett is talking about in some of those cases, right? But let's continue with the story. All of this happened in a dreamlike manner, she says. Well, she woke up the next morning around 6am. The blankets were made perfectly around the bed like nothing had happened. Not even like she slept in it. 
The kids were still where they were. Then she walked through her house and turned on every light in order to check every room and closet. She checked the locks on all the doors, the lock on the back sliding glass door, and all of the windows were still latched. Nothing had been tampered with. Baffled and confused, she just went about her day, starting with a shower. But when she started washing her hair, she noticed a sore spot on the top of her forehead. Still confused, she continued. She made some coffee and sat down and really thought about what had just happened. Was it a dream? Was it real? She couldn't decide either way. She called her sister and told her about her nightmare and just started crying. Then she told her husband about it. Her husband was just like, it was a bad dream. Don't worry about it. It's probably due to stress of being alone and taking care of the kids. Her husband continued to commute for another six months, but still feeling uneasy about staying alone. And every night that he was gone, she would leave all the lights on in the house and the TV. Then she would stay up just long enough for the sun to come up and feel better about trying to sleep. She says this went on for about three years. Can you imagine three years? She hopes that it will never happen again, but for some unknown reason, she believes that it will. This was reported and posted on phantomsandmonsters.com on December 19th, 2022. Yeah, I would feel uneasy as well. Yeah, I've never been in a situation like this, and I really don't want to experience something like this, but you hear these reports over and over again, and it's along the lines of what Preston Dennett was talking about. A number of reports of these people with their experiences with UFOs and aliens, and then being cured or healed of something. And when she said she had a feeling that this wasn't over, I think that was communicated to her. But I don't know. Tell me what you guys think. Anyways, that will be a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to Bizarre Conspiracies. If you want to email me or Conrad, you can do so at bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. That's all one word, bizarreconspiracies at gmail.com. And as always, we will catch you in the next episode.